Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And we're from the Catherine Wheel, and we're guest hosting 120 Minutes tonight. Right now, it's the first video we ever released in America. It's called Black Metallic, off our 92 debut album, Ferment. And it was shot in a disused mental hospital on a very cold day in London. And hopefully it reflects this darkness. Here it is, this is called Black Metallic. Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba. You guys know what this is, right? We get uh, we have an interesting guest on, and they bring a record that they want to talk about, and we talk about the record, and we dissect it, and hopefully it's entertaining. I think it's, you know, people. some people find it entertaining, so go figure. My guest today is a, uh, a returning guest. We had him on a while ago. Picked a comp- completely different kind of record this time i think right wouldn't you say that nate yeah i would say so yeah that's right all right so the voice you're hearing is mr nate levine nate levine welcome to the show hey thank you rob i have nate i have that you're an artist you're a poet you're a zine maker right that's all that's all facts right it's all facts you got it boy and i also wrote boy about town boy about town because (laughs) (laughs) because you all right so boys giant is your instagram handle right that's right. Yeah. And it's funny after like, I think coming up to when we did your first episode. Uh, so what, the record you talked about before was Stereo Lab. Yeah. What was it? Emperor Tomato Ketchup? Yeah, you got it. Right. Stereo Lab. <laughs> so it's funny. I, I, I only knew you through. Well, uh, we knew you. You would come to the um, live at Laser Wolf when, when we did the live at Laser Wolf show. That's where we met you. Right. But yeah, I, yeah. yeah, but I would go, we would uh, correspond through Instagram. So I knew, so for a while I just called you uh, boys, giant boy, dude. Boy, or boy. <laughs> I, forgot, I didn't actually, right. yeah, but somehow we got, yeah. and actually a full disclosure, I'm just Nate, uh, I'm just going to be hundred percent honest with you. Full disclosure. When we were getting ready to do this next episode, I thought, shit, I still just boys. What's his name again? I had to go back, look back at the episode no, we did before to see your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i know well i there, Hi, Rob. yeah there's a lot i got a lot going on nate and uh i'm not um i'm not the most stable human being all the time so but i got you i, I got you nate and uh so what's the record so what uh what did you choose to talk about this time all right so we're going to talk about uh Catherine wheel and their great shoegaze album called chrome so that's what we're talking about today right and this album came out in 1993 uh, mm-hmm. So I was wondering, did you, is this, were you too young when this came out? Did, did you get into this like later on after the fact? Uh, I want to say maybe a year later. Oh, okay. Okay. A year later. And I, I only knew about them through, uh, I was a big fan of MTV's 120 Minutes. Yes. And, and um, they played a video for uh, Black Metallic, which was on their previous album, which I loved, and as soon as I heard that song, I said, "Okay, if if I see anything from this band, I'm picking it up." Right? Because <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Like that's the way we did things. Like you see, like you know, a song or two on something, and if you would see it at like a CD store or something, you would say, "Okay, I heard it. This is good. I'm getting this album." Yeah, yeah. And then and that's kind dive of like, in. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the way yeah. it, it, it should work, right? And and it's funny. Yeah, yeah I've, we've had a lot of over the years. I've had a lot of guests that uh, 120 minutes was a big thing for uh, discovering new bands and new music for a lot of people. Yeah, it, it was great because it played more kind of like indie music and you know, and then they have the bands they would like play live there and stuff, and you know that was always kind of cool. Right. Uh, so I really liked 120. 120 was like always watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And it, it was on late, right? You'd stay up late and you'd watch it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I was surprised, like I said, because it's definitely a departure from uh, the previous record, but you're obviously into all different kinds of music, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because this is, I mean, these guys are heavy 
And it's and and it's funny they came out in 1993 I guess Ferment uh, yeah that album a uh, black metallic I remember that was probably the first song I heard by them was that one too yeah and, uh, and that was like such an amazing song oh it my was God. it was and and they were yeah they were part of the shoegaze but but it's funny because they came out around uh or, you know the same time as of grunge so a lot of these bands had like sort of the had the 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 power of grunge and the heavy guitars but it was different they came at it from a completely different angle right yeah, absolutely yeah they came at it from you know just a, a very different place yeah yeah i guess they would use uh, a lot of these bands they would use uh a guitar feedback and like drone these droning washes of like noise and yeah. uh and but but underneath they're usually uh especially with a band like this there'd be these really pretty melodies and like really good songs right yeah, and that, that's what I would say is kind of the foundation of shoegaze is that, you know, it's really loud, but there's a definite kind of sweetness to it. Yeah, right, you know? right. Yeah, and, and usually it's, there's usually some kind of like male element to it and some very like female <laughs> element to it as well. Oh, okay, um, right. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think. I mean, like when you look at the shoegaze bands like, you know, Lush. the band's female and half the band's male or my bloody valentine you had belinda right and you right have it so you had this really good kind of yin and yang going on with like the female parts and the male parts and catherine wheel i think like the singer kind of is is i don't want to say she's female but no but I, I see what you're saying though i think you're I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the you sweetness know. you mentioned like the sweetness part because that was the one thing grunge was very Bro-centric in a way, you know, very, very male and very uh, testosterone, had a lot of testosterone, right? Right, it, exactly. Like grunge was very like that, but even even like when grunge came out, I felt like it was a relief because you know you had all these metal bands that came out before, and they were even more dude centric. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, that, that's true. That's that, true. You're right. That was kind of like the good step. Like, yeah, oh you know, yeah, like, yeah. No, right. Because no, yeah. Because yeah. they weren't. It, it wasn't dude. I'm not. I know it sounds negative. Like I'm putting saying negative, and and I didn't. I didn't really. I don't really mean it in a negative way. But it's just kind of the way the way it came across a lot of the time. You know. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely more. Yeah. Like grunge is a very kind of macho thing. Like for sure. Yeah. But yeah. The thing. The thing I always liked about it was that you know all those grunge guys were like you know even though they were super hardcore, they were also like really feminist and kind of cared about a lot of issues of the day yes right you know, like, yeah for, yeah for so sure i always loved it <laughs> exactly but i i never yeah but musically just from a musical standpoint i never gravitated that much towards that i did gravitate mm -hmm. more towards the shoot like you said they were kind of lumped in with shoegaze scene uh which yeah. you know w which is fair even though this i i forgot like th this record I, I remember this record was great i listened to this record a ton back in the day you know nate yeah. it's funny i'm thinking like when i first said oh 93 automatically my brain goes oh a 20 that's almost 20 years ago and it's like no it's 30 yeah. almost 30 years ago <laughs> oh my god i know <laughs> right how is that even possible <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's a lot heavier it's, it's even heavier than i remembered it being and i guess it, because now there's there aren't as many bands like that in uh, guitar rock bands you could almost say are kind of in the minority now you know there's a lot of other kind yeah. of music going on now and and other things mm -hmm. have become uh, you know that younger people listen to. So now it sounds like really like oh my god, this this album is really heavy. And and I read a review by Jack Rabbit, uh, our friend Jack Rabbit. That's coming up. Uh, he's going to be a guest, I think, on the next episode after this one. Uh, but he wrote a, re a review of this back in the day, and he compared it to Sugar's Copper Blue, which I thought was a really good comparison because that also is a really 
really heavy, heavy album, but it also has these like really good melodies and really good songs. But it's kind of relentless in a way where it's just like song, 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 like it hammers at you. And, and I think Bob Mould is definitely, you know, one of those, like, you know, key guitar players <laughs> of, like, you know, kind of like pre-shoegaze scene, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's right, like, right. Where you, where you heard that and, like, you know, he was doing textures back in, like, Zen Arcade. And, exactly, you know, right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, all these proponents to, like, what shoegaze would be. And he, he's one of the guys. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and one thing I just, before we get into listening to songs in the record, I want to get uh, the singer Rob Dickinson is the cousin of Iron Maiden singer Bruce Dickinson, right? Yeah, that, how, how, I mean, both amazing um, vocalists and both named after medieval torture devices. That's what I was going to uh, say to you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that although, although what's said is like uh, the guy Brian Flutter, I guess he he said it was like a type of firework uh, that they they would use. Uh, but like, the firework guess, was named <laughs> after the medieval torture. Yeah, but, device. yeah it, exactly. <laughs> Which I think is still funny. It's like okay, you guys are both cousins. Like, did you talk about this before? I know that like, seems okay. like it's too. It's such a weird coincidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, how is it's that funny. possible? Uh, right. that it is but, I, but I don't think Catherine will ever tour with Iron Maiden. No, I, that I would be crazy. <laughs> I would love that. I would. I would go to <laughs> I that show it. for sure. All right, so let's get. And also, I, I should mention that a lot of like when you when I was reading back on reviews and then later uh, people talking about it, this album uh, especially. I mean, the band uh, Catherine Wheel on the album is held in high regard by a lot of bands. They influence a lot of bands. But one of these things where it never really clicked with with the masses you know it, it's a it's a good example of a band that's like a great band they wrote great songs and they played great but it never they never really got you know got huge yeah and i think that way about a lot of the uh the kind of shoegaze bands that came out but then it, it seems like there was like a revival of all that shoegaze a couple years ago and then all of a sudden everyone had album yeah like right, was like, right right everyone right. loved ride Everyone loved my belief that time. Yeah, right. Lush had That's a new true. album, and it was like everyone suddenly realized, like, oh, that actually was pretty good. Maybe yeah. we should have formed <laughs> right. pop groups. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this record. Let's get into the first track. They hit you right away. Uh, and and one thing also, I should say, it definitely. I, I won't say dated that it sounds dated, but you could tell '90s that this was made in the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. And also, like the production's very '90s. That's what I mean, Ma- mainly for that, mainly for the production. Which yeah, it, who was it produced by? Uh, Gil Norton, uh, who did a bunch of uh, Pixies albums. Right, 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 right. And you can, I mean, you, when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. You wouldn't normally say, oh yeah, for sure that sound because no, it it really doesn't is, sound like that. There is a couple parts that I do think is like a little bit Pixies esque. That I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I'm like, this does sound like a little bit of a, a Pixies vibe to it, but I, I couldn't overtly pick it up that, you know, Gil Norton recorded it, and right. he's recorded so many people. Um, and if anything, I think what he did was he gave them a little bit more punch. Um, oh, okay, right, album, yeah, because this album is definitely a punchier, more heavier and aggressive punchier, than the, yeah. the first record, right? I mean, when you look at it, like, Ferment wasn't that far away from this album it was only like about about a year right between these two albums and it just seems like this one is a bit punchier uh a bit more uh i don't know they just cranked it up a little bit oh yeah like i said this one hits you this one hits you over the head hard it yeah. really does yeah all right sure. right from the get-go let's listen to the first track kill rhythm Oh, nothing good Still screaming 
So yeah, and then uh, later on in the song, the guitar. So what's the guitar player's name? Is it Butter or mm-hmm. Flutter? Brian Flutter, Flutter, Brian okay. Flutter. Um, he uh, he does this like really distorted slide uh, slide guitar, and it sounds a year. And I had to look it up because a year later, Bush, that band Bush, had that song "Everything's In," and I feel like they they lifted that from there because it sounds exactly like it. Well, Bush lifts everything from everybody. They I did, mean, and, and they beca- and it kind of made me mad because they were huge. They sold like six million uh, copies of that oh, record. No. I mean, they even lifted like a David Bowie lyric, like straight into their song. Yes. Like they say, Mickey Mouse has, you know, it's like, come on, man. Like this is like a huge. Like if you're gonna rip off David Bowie, at least pick like an obscure song to rip him off. Don't pick. You're like... so right. Just that one song, they lifted all. The, not just that, other stuff too. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it, yeah it's funny. Yeah, but you know, I, 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 I could easily hate on Bush, but I mean, I guess they're like the populist version of a lot of this stuff, and you know, they gave. They gave and the single was good, like like really good looking, and uh, sure, yeah. yeah, I guess. <laughs> Right. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I don't want to just like automatically shit on Bush, but no, I, I mean, definitely there, I would say Catherine wheels much far superior. And, uh, of course, Bush is the band that became, you know, huge. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, so this is about someone obsessed with murder. It seems like, right. Um, maybe, <laughs> okay. I, you know, I, I want to say like Rob, Rob's lyrics are always very vague. At best. Oh, yeah. Like, right, you, can, right. you can never really feel like you understand what's going on. Oh, no. Most of these songs, I don't have any idea what he's talking oh, about. Uh, yeah. And I think he just, he uses a lot of metaphors. Uh, if anything, I think Kill Rhythm is sort of like his, uh, like, what the band is about. Like, oh, he's okay, talking about, okay. like, the band itself. Like, he's saying, like, I think this rhythm is the one. Or, like, he wants the music to be deep, disturbed, and pure which is kind of like how he wants himself to be as well. And I, I feel like a lot of times he's talking about himself, but he's talking about himself and the band at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Deep distance. You know what? Yeah. You're probably, you're right. You're probably right, Nate. I was, I was taking it literally way too literally, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, but the, he does have some kind of like very, like, like he is a very, I don't want to say he's a disturbed person, but there's a lot of sort of paranoia that you know when you look into the lyrics you're like man what's wrong with rob you oh know, well like- sure well let's get that that brings you great <laughs> yeah. into this next song because i yeah. confess this is what it's uh, now this has got to be i hear like anxiety paranoia maybe some yeah. drugs thrown in right all right let's yeah. listen to uh, i confess Yeah, so you know the the one thing I think that that really draws me to this band, probably the uh, same thing that draws you, is that the, the music is so heavy and aggressive, but also his singing is a lot of times very smooth and melodic, and it, and it's got this yeah. you know that that uh, juxtaposition between those two things is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, I think that's what it is, and you just feel for the guy. Yeah, right. like, why you, you just want things to go right for Rob. Yeah, because he's poor, like he's singing, and you're like, oh man, Rob's, and he's surrounded by these swirl, these monster guitars and drums, and it's like, is, yeah. is he, like you said, is he okay? Yeah, is he all right? You know, he's like one more paranoid. I don't want another. Like, it, like yeah. he talks about. I, I don't know how many times he talks about paranoia in this album, but he he talks about it in a way that's like you you feel like 
you know, perhaps Rob himself is not okay. Right. And, you know, you just, and then he also talks about fixing a lot of things. Like he's always talking about like, I'm going to fix this or I'm going to fix that. And I'm going to get back to where I, I need to be, but I know like things are going wrong. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And even in this album, like, you know, it swirls and then all of a sudden there's like a drop off. And then he starts saying, like, you know, I took too many drugs. I popped too many pills. Yes, right. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, all right. So this is an interesting thing to bring up because you obviously when you got this, you were you were a young guy listening to this. Could you relate to any of this at all? Or were you voyeuristic? Was it totally just like a voyeuristic thing for you? Or um, you, you know, at this it? time I was kind of like straight edge. And <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> straight edge vegetarian. Oh, wow. <laughs> But but working at McDonald's, right. so oh geez, yes, you had your own struggles going on. Right, right. <laughs> but um, I I just I mean honestly, with shoegaze, at first I loved the sound, just the sound of right, it. Right, right. You know this it's true this, this world, this wall of noise, all of this stuff. It just brings you in, and then his vocals they have an element of sweetness, like I was saying before. And you know, Rob just brings you in, and you're like man, I feel really bad for you. What's wrong with this guy? And right. how can we get him some kind of help? <laughs> <Some you know? laughs> well, that's nice that you were thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that's what he's kind of about. Like he, like in his lyrics, he always talks on this album about like protecting things or, you know, saving things, protecting things. And he does it like through a lot of metaphors in the lyrics and the music kind of goes along with it too. Right. You know, like the music will slow down if Rob slows down. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yep, I do. And uh, all right. So this next one, Crank, this was the first single of it. And this is one that I feel like I kind of got sort of an, an idea of what uh, what he's going for here. And, and it's kind of different than I think what you would think, uh, what someone would think automatically like a song called Crank. But uh, let's listen to it first. Yeah. This is Crank. word uh crank i saw a lot of speculation online that that he's talking about speed but i don't think he is no i i don't think so either and i'm I, like I, that always kind of confused me at first when i first heard that song crank like i always thought that was like a bad term for somebody well like, i saw that it's like, british a crank. <laughs> well it could be british slang for an odd or eccentric person so he's saying don't call me crank that's him he's i think he's feels like he's you know sort of odd it doesn't fit in eccentric and uh that actually fits the lyrics better than some drug reference which i don't think it is sure, i really yeah. think that's I, what it is i think there's a kind of duality to it i think that but also i think like crank as in like someone who turns the gear you know what oh, i mean like okay okay yeah like, I didn't like think of that like he's working on a different level <laughs> like oh okay like, you know you know what i mean like yeah. um you know like when people say like crank it up like turn it to another level right and i think i think that's what he's getting at too but i think he's getting at what you said as well i think that there's both of it that's good right like he, he's saying like you know i, I feel emotions at a, at a higher level which I, I think that's true. Right. right. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. This singer seems to be all emotion. Yeah, honestly. right. Like, it, yeah, that's true. And it would be, it, it, it almost maybe would be hard to take if the music wasn't just so awesome too, you know, around it all. 
Right. Yeah. It's it's like I feel like the music is almost an extension of him, like him and his like sort of paranoia and dream state and all the things that he's going through. I think the music fits him and his vocals perfectly. I agree. I know? agree totally. Uh, I think it's great. And there's uh, in this uh, there's so uh, this guitar um, uh, this album is so uh, guitar centric, but they got an organ uh, player on here too, uh, Tim Freeze Green playing some Hammond organ and you could hear the organ in there going along with the guitars and it's really good. Yeah, it is. It's really good. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. Like yeah. sonically, it's so good. Like just the way that it goes into everything. Yep. Man, oh, I've been cranking great. this it, in my car. The last couple of days, I've been cranking this in my car so loud. It's uh, because cranking it's one of those. Crank, it's one of those albums. Even if you don't play it loud, it still sounds loud. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's loud. It, it's loud. I mean, even for shoegaze, which is normally loud, uh, I feel like they they keep consistency of loud all the time you know right right yeah well that's what i was saying that's why it was very to me very similar to a copper blue because i felt the same way with that where it's just sort of mm-hmm. it relentless you know it never lets up <laughs> no it never lets up which which is also why i sort of feel like gil norton was a good person to do this album um because you know he's so used to the pixies which is an album that has a lot of like soft and then super loud elements yes right, so yeah. ma- maybe he can like you know, form those elements pretty well. So I, I think he was a good pick, and it's definitely it sounds louder than it does. Last yeah, it really does <laughs> for uh, sure. And this next one, Broken Head, uh, really great again musical. Like this is an earworm for me. This song I just get, I, I just have in my head uh, so much, uh, and it's still super heavy. This is You know, Nate, I think you really hit on it before because when you say, because the music, even though I'm not sure exactly what he's singing about, the music sounds like what he's singing about. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the music just goes with his, um, you know, like where he's at. And he seems to be like a person who wishes to save people, but he's kind of has this paranoia thing going on and he needs to be protected himself. Right. You know, and he uses a lot of sort of metaphors of like, you know, skin or protection or, you know, there's a canopy of steel or things that are protecting other things. Like he wants to save things. Like he's, uh, okay. uh, he's, he's like Holden Caulfield from the catcher in the rye. Oh, <laughs> like okay. I, I get, I get that vibe, except That's that cool. he, he has some sort of damage that was done to him. We right. don't know what it is, but right. he wants to save himself and he wants to save others. So that's a positive. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and the, the lyrics, like I said, they're good. Cause they are, they're very poetic. A, a post euphoric grin an astronaut. I've been astronomic feelings, a face like Luna. Uh, I mean, it, it's very poetic. Like I yeah. said, I, I mean, I know what the fuck he's singing about, but it's, the, it sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. And like I said, I don't know exactly what he's singing about too. I just kind of like know his, uh, like themes, I guess you would say, like his right. motifs he uses, right, and right. he uses a, a lot of them over and over again in this album. So you kind of understand where he's coming from, even if you don't. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of tough to like grasp at it, honestly. Right. Um, well, I was, <laughs> so I, you know what? I was thinking it's kind of because, like I said, when listen to it again, I forgot how that this really heavy, how heavy it is, and I'm thinking. Yeah. 
Why do Nate? Why do I love something like this, but I hate like, for instance, Stone Temple Pilots. Like I can't stand that band, but I like this. <laughs> like what? What is it? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's it's a different approach. You know what I mean? That's um, it, that's it, right? Because yeah. they're really heavy and they have some good. I mean, I, I'll admit they have some catchy good songs. I think I, I don't really like that guy's voice at all uh, in Stone Temple Pilots. I'm just not a fan of it. That's why I think Pearl Jam the same thing for me. That's why I don't like them so much because I'm not a a huge fan of their voice, but I don't know what is it that uh, yeah. So it's their approach, you think? Yeah, I, I think it's the approach and this fact that they want to build like this wall of sound all the time, right? And it, and, it, and it's a different wall of sound and it's aggressive, but yet you know, like with Rob's vocals, it kind of makes it like a, a sweetness to it. A palatable you know, it makes it more palatable it, to me, I guess. It, you know, I'm not apologizing so. for it. We all like what we like, right? Right. <laughs> I'm allowed to hate Stone Temple Pilots, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because because their approach is way different. You it know is. what I mean? Like it is okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, th- this band approach is like uh, I don't know, like <laughs> very very different people would listen to these bands. I think I would think okay, good. I would think so. I, I didn't know if I was just being like a snob or an elitist or something, but I don't. No, know. no, no, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, even the uh, well, you could be saying that, but you could be a snob and an elitist too. So that would I mean, matter. doesn't 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 Pavement say they hate Stone Temple Pilots? They do. Yeah, but screw. I, they I, like Stone Temple really Pilots like... are arrogant bas- bastards. I know. I don't really. Like, I don't really like. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there you go. But even then, they hate some of the Yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> hey, everyone. Rob here. You know, bringing that record got me high to you every week is a labor of love for me. But it also takes a lot of work and money with web hosting fees, software subscriptions, and especially purchasing the music that we feature. Luckily, I'm able to continue producing this show every week thanks to our fabulous patrons. Now, I know what you're thinking. Rob, why don't you just start getting sponsors like other podcasts? Well, mainly because I don't think anyone really needs to hear more ads for CBD oil and men's grooming accessories and whatnot. So for now, I'm sticking with Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH or just go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search for That Record Got Me High podcast. For as little as $2 a month, you too can become a patron of the show. You'll get a personal thank you from yours truly. You'll get our bi-monthly newsletter. You'll get to participate in all of our awesome patron-curated episodes. And most importantly, you'll become part of the That Record Got Me High family and help keep the show running. So do me a solid. Please consider becoming a patron today. All right, so we said before we're not sure always what he's singing about, but this next one, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Someone's in pain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pain. All right, let's listen to pain. song when i'm reading the lyrics i'm thinking you know what it could just be about someone that has like a really bad headache <laughs> that's it rob it should be used for be. All <laughs> but it's probably more than that but still it's just this uh this unrelenting pain you know here it comes again i just can't take it anymore yeah it's, it's very melan- very melancholy very sad right. very 
you know, a, a type of depression, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think we could say Rob is depressed. You know, <laughs> like, if you look at all the lyrics, you're like, yeah, this guy's depressed. He wants to get over it. He wants to fix stuff. He wants to do all those different things. Yeah. You know, like, I miss my best friend, you know? Oh, right, right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's just, it's just sad. Pain, here it comes again. Yeah. Like, you've experienced so much pain that you're just used to it. Like, right, man. right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but the uh, guitars, especially in this one, the guitar, there's this, there's a part towards the end. I'll, I'll play it where it's, you, you think the song's kind of dying out. just sort of comes back in and it's like they're pushed to the edge oh yeah it's so good it, it's like yeah it's really so good because it, it kind of fades out for a while uh like uh several into the song and all of a sudden like comes back again you're like okay yep <laughs> exactly just when you and think yeah the pain. the pain here comes again right the pain's back yeah first and again um yeah it's, it's so it's really good it's it's just really uh yeah i remember um now did you keep up with them after this did you because they they put they they existed as a band for like 10 years pretty much and i think they had like five albums and uh i i i think they're all pretty good this this may be the most highly regarded one the first one in this one but did you keep up with them uh i kept up with them a little bit um but it became less interesting for me like the later later albums i guess because they moved away from shoegaze they and did and like, they got even like they got sort of metal almost more metal right heavier yeah yeah like more metal new and metal almost. yeah yeah and, and that just I, I don't know like they shouldn't have gone away from it i mean <laughs> <laughs> i feel the same way about all those shoegaze bands like honestly like i feel like right all those bands had really good albums and you know i know you got to change you know with the times but I felt like what they were doing, all of them were doing, were really good. And then they moved into directions that were like very alternative or pop or, right. yeah, you know, or in the case of My Bloody Valentine, you just disappeared. Like, yeah, see, like, that's the, the coolest thing I think to do is just... <laughs> <laughs> just disappeared. Don't put an album. Oh, we're like working on another years. album. Uh, 15 years, maybe it'll come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. Right. Yeah, maybe because maybe some of them were like chasing it because they didn't, you know, sort of chasing whatever the next thing was. Which you know, they're uh, you know, bands are allowed to move on, but yeah, you're also allowed to not really like uh, the direction they go into, right? Right. But but I guess like you know, all of them kind of came back around because yeah, now they're all doing the shoegaze again. Well, like all of a sudden. People yeah. perked up and we're like, oh, you know what you did? Like, you know, like you said, 30, 30 plus years ago. Yeah. That right. was kind of cool. You should do it again. I know. Well, the thing is, if you want, if you want really just heavy guitar rock and just like to wash all over you, this is the, this is what you want to listen to, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And this is the the probably the most hard rocking of of the shoegaze bands. I think I, so. Yeah. I, think I, so. I feel at least they, they, they seem hard rock. I mean, I'm not saying like, they're the loudest or whatever, but definitely hard rock for sure. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So this next one, Strange Fruit. Uh, it is not a cover of the Billie Holiday song, Strange Fruit. Uh, right, right, right. And I think it's a sex song. I think this one's a sex song. <laughs> do, do you think? Did you? Well, let's play it here and you read the lyrics and then you let me know. Sure. Let's listen to Strange Fruit.
Okay, so before we talk about the lyrics, you had mentioned Swerve Driver. These guys had to be influenced by Swerve Driver, right? Yo, oh yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah. I think I think all these bands are influenced by by each other too. Yeah, that's true. You know? that's I mean, true. And, and it wasn't like shoegaze, like the one that said like a, a band that celebrates itself. Oh <laughs> like right, <shoegaze>. right. <laughs> celebrates itself. And yeah. I, I definitely feel like all these guys cross pollinated with every other shoegaze band. Right, for sure. And it's funny, the, the one thing that came about with this is something that's still going on today, because I think originally it was Shoegaze because they had pedal, they had all these pedals, and so the guitar players were always staring down at their pedals to see what pedal they were going to step on. Yeah. And that's still going on today. I mean, I don't care what the hell kind of music band's doing, these guys are going to have a It is, and, and I feel like the influence of Dinosaur Jr. is like, you know, not mentioned enough. single member of those bands that would later form like Lush or My Bloody Valentine, they all claim like Jay Maskus was such a huge Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and, and I could see why, because Jay's got like stacks up to the wall. Right, right. Well they had <laughs> never no one had ever played that loud in, in that type of music no. before. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, uh, that's a good point. I think really, yeah, and I think I have mentioned. I think a lot of them have mentioned that they, that he was a really big influence on a lot of those. Definitely, they, they, I think like everyone mentions it. Yeah, <laughs> they should, but you can't. Like you said, you can't overstate it enough. Yeah, it was a huge, uh, a mm-hmm. huge influence. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, I've been inside this fruit when juices flow, but the taste. I almost feel dirty singing it, but the memory. I think it's kind of sex. I don't want to read it's, it anymore. It's a sex <laughs> song, but honestly, I think it's like it's like sex well done because I think what Rob's getting at is like he feels like he's revitalized almost through this act of sex. Like, you know, he's he seems like he has gained something from it. Like he he because he puts it on sort of like I don't want to say a pedestal, but he seems to like uh, like he doesn't degrade the woman and he's just kind of like this is awesome. Like our juices are flowing. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's you actually, I mean? like, yeah, uh, that's interesting. You say that because not the next one, but the song after that, there's another song about sort of uh, putting like uh, almost seeing like a woman as a work of art or love as a work of art type thing. So yeah, that's another theme I think that he has in here a lot. Right. And it's kind of like, um, you know, he's saying there's no decay. Um, you, you know, it, it's like a, a thing of purity. And I think that's what Rob seeks. Like he's seeking, this purity and whether the, whether the purity is messy like his band or messy like himself, he wants to be as pure as possible. Right, right. You know, like uh, I get that from him, and I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh, wow, that's good. See, that's why you're a um, a poet. That's why you're a poet, and I'm not. <laughs> there you go. I'll bring out that shit out. All right. So this next one, this is the title track, uh, Chrome. There's some more self-loathing going on here, I think, in Chrome.
So there it is right there. But but there's something in me, cold within me, a beast inside me, bold inside mm-hmm. me. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some issues. <laughs> now, uh, did you ever get to see them live? They're a band I'm really sorry I never uh, got to see live. because I, 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 I I've never seen Catherine Wheel. I mean, did, did they play the States? I mean, I'm sure they probably have played the United States, but uh, I don't know. Not, not in my area. Right. So... <laughs> All right, so the new this is another one I said I think this is about seeing like a a work of art like perfection in a work of art uh sure. that you can't that you realize it's something you can't really attain in real life maybe. Um it's a really it's a nice song and I think the second you notice the second half of the album gets a little more advent, like the first half is just hammer 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 and the second half right. there's some there's a little more um subtle things going on. Yeah, I I I feel like the second half of the album it's kind of it's not that you get, you're getting away from that paranoia but maybe you know there's a sort of light at the end of it. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like where it seems um but also I think with the with the song Chrome too, like, you know, what is Chrome? Like Chrome is something that protects something. Oh, you right, know, like right. A yeah. Protection of a car. Yeah. You know, and but it also shines brightly, which I think is kind of like the band too. Yeah. Um, but the singer as well, like if I don't know if you know what he does now, but he's a restorer of like old Porsches. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's what he does. Like okay. and and that's why he has all these like kind of car metaphors and stuff like that and he still wants to protect things he wants to protect old cars see interesting (laughs) see he found something he could do that where he could actually make uh money at make a living at Mm -hmm. (laughs) and enjoy that's good good for him right yeah yes because being in a band sucks (laughs) most of the time uh all right let's listen to the nude Finally, you get that clean uh, guitar line that comes in, but and it sticks out like a sore thumb because you haven't had one, you know, for the whole record, it, really. It does, and that's one of the guitar lines that I think is a little bit Pixies esque. Oh, exactly, exactly, hundred yeah, percent. It, yep. it's that one line that uh, that I, when I heard it, even the first time I heard it, I was like. That seems like the Pixies. Yep, <laughs> for sure. So maybe uh, maybe that's something Gil brought in. Hey, let's clean up the, that guitar right there mm-hmm. for this part. But I think this song is one of the most beautiful songs on the album. It is. It's and really beautiful and lush sounding, right? Yeah, and the vocals are so lush on it, you know? Like, yep. he's just... He, you know, the new that broke his heart. Like you're like, oh, Rob. (laughs) 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 Yeah, see, this song—it almost they approach like a dream pop category type thing, you know? If they, uh, uh, which maybe that would have been a cooler direction to go into than just the the heavier metal uh, direction. But yeah, and and also, I also think I don't know if you've ever seen the video for this one, um, but this video aired on 120 Minutes as well, and it was like he was. Um, putting oh, the clay, the clay putting the clay on the girl. Yeah. I, rem- I totally remember that. God, 30 years yeah. ago, I remember that goddamn video. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a 90s video with like, yeah. you know, with this warm lighting and the clay. Yeah. And, but his vocal performance in this one, I think, is one of the best, you know, and he's just so forlorn and so romantic. And, you know, he's just like, oh, you know, I don't want this girl to break my heart. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> 
All right, so this next one, uh, another great, really lush-sounding one with an insane guitar break in it. Uh, let's listen to Ursa Major. We didn't. We should mention the rest of the band because uh, you got Neil Sims on drums, like a great drummer, and Dave Hawes a bass guitar. Uh, just, just the the whole band is great. They're just really great players, and uh, they are. Yeah, really good stuff. They are, but like we don't know anything about what happened to any of those guys. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like we don't know what band they were in before. We don't. I mean, there's yeah. almost like zero info and any of those guys yeah yeah Catherine Wheel they always ended up being like I said kind of a mysterious band that people uh, I, I feel like a lot of real music heads and people that that love music were into the time remember and know yeah. that band but you know the average person is gonna never have heard of that band before right well one thing that is interesting about this song um, it's called Ursa Major Space Station and I, I want to say 100% fact on this one is that Space Station is a uh, it's a guitar pedal um, oh, okay. And it's a okay. pedal. It's a guitar pedal that they used. Right. Okay. Um, so I think it's a homage to that pedal because um, the band Slow Dive, also same year, '93, uh, with their album Slovaki, have a song called Slovaki Space Station. Oh, that's funny. Once yeah. again, like giving <laughs> giving tribute to like this pedal that they use. Uh, I can't tell the pedal in there, but. I think it's definitely like a homage to it. I think, yeah. Well, that, throw it, it in there. It, it, that's such a big part of these bands, the shoebase bands, the uh, the sounds that they get, you know, and that. So I could see them wanting to pay uh, tribute to their gear, you know, <laughs> that right. helped them get the sound. Yeah. All right. Now, speaking uh -huh. of tributes, this is kind of a weird, to me, it's kind of weird. I wouldn't expect a band like them to do a song about. I mean, it's called Fripp. It's got to be about Robert Fripp, right? Sure, uh, but I don't. I don't know. I don't see the Robert Frippiness in it. I guess. Well, I mean, there are right, like listen to loud me. elements. All right. Well, here's I'll the thing. I'm, I'm thinking it's not necessarily that they're trying to sound like Robert Fripp or anything, but could it be about something again beautiful, but that you can't get uh, unattainable? Something beautiful, unattainable, like Fripp's guitar playing. Maybe to them, it's not something that's you know, it's something that they could admire from afar like a beautiful work of art but uh they can't recreate so maybe it's about that yeah i mean i, I don't really know i mean as soon as you see the title fripp you're like okay it's robert fripp right but you don't i don't i don't know i don't hear the the fripness <laughs> in it too much well, you if you could say the uh, last song is an homage to a uh pedal i could say this one is an homage to robert fripp. Sure. Okay, so. I, they, you know what it probably as a band they were probably just like oh you know like we have this riff it's fripp and then he just like kept it, you exactly. know? That's probably what happened. I mean, probably someone said, oh, who, who do you think you are, Robert Fripp? And they go, let's just call the song Fripp. <laughs> yeah, let's call the song Fripp. And they just, they just left it, you uh, know? Because sometimes a lot of songs you come up with, especially in bands, it's like kind of like an internal joke. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> You're like, hey, let's play Fripp. You're like, all right, cool. I don't know, but the lines, <laughs> in the house that I use, there's a psycho on the loose. He's playing with the fuser bomb. He does, have you seen the videos he's been making lately with Toyo? He does seem kind of like a psycho now, so... <laughs> Maybe yeah, especially in this Fripp song, like he's he's like, I, and it, you know, opens up with like, you know, there's a dream where there's a, there's a shark fin, yeah, and you know, you're you're swimming in this like water, right? <laughs> I don't know. Then, uh, who knows? And then, and then he's like, so I think he's trying to say like, are you dealing with my madness? And this is the madness I want you to swim in. 
Oh, but okay, I still right. want you to be okay with it. I think, it, yeah, I, you know what? I think you're right, and I think you probably are right about this. Just the title being kind of just thrown in there it does not. Yeah, not I mean, too much meaning into it. But it, it's also yeah. a really pretty, really pretty cool song. Yeah, it's it's lovely. It's one of the songs where they don't. It doesn't pummel you. It exactly. Off really <laughs> exactly. Well, we've been you know uh, I mean? pummeled enough, really, haven't we, Nate? Yeah, it, it's right. very like Pink Floydy too. It is. I find it is. All right, yeah. let's listen to some frip. I didn't realize you're right. That whole beginning musical part is Pink Floyd, very Pink Floyd. Yeah, and I want to say that they cover some Pink Floyd songs like later on in their career. I, I don't remember which one it was, but I, I want to say they do cover something of Pink Floyd later on. Okay, well, I could um, see that's definitely a yeah. band I could see them being. Yeah, okay. as um, uh, you know, and, and also I guess like the obvious. I, I don't know if we talked about the cover yet, but the the cover is by Hypnosis. Oh, oh right, the, 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 yeah, that, that did a ton of uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> um, and the, it's a great cover. This is like one of uh, one of the you know great '90s album covers. It's so cool. It's right, so, it, like, it, artistic. Yeah, because I think it, I think it fits them. Yeah, like it so fits them. It's like yeah. So like, what, what is it? It's like very. Uh, is it from? Do you know if it's from something or if they did it specifically for the record? You know, it's funny. Uh, they talked. They they were getting together with the guy, uh, whoever the the group is, who Strom, whatever his name is, uh, who does hypnosis. And I guess that was part of like some photo book that he was doing at the time. And the band just really liked that photo, and they thought it really was a representation of of the album. And he was like, "Yeah, go for it." Um, okay, nice. Yeah, but but I also remember the album when it came out. There was actually two covers. Um, there was that cover, just the what it looks like there, but there was also a chrome cover that was like shinier. I don't know if you remember that, but no, I don't. <laughs> it was a shinier one. Instead. I mean, it's the same cover. It's just, you know, chrome-esque, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, oh, nice. yeah. No, I don't remember that. All right. So, uh, kind of a different feel on this next one, Half-Life. Definitely understate more understated so like like we were saying the second half of the record they finally stop pummeling you so hard and uh definitely yeah so start being nice yeah <laughs> but it's a and it's a really nice song let's listen to half-life
this one and the last one definitely have a different feel than the rest of the album. But of course, like uh, about um, two thirds of the way in, then it ends up blasting off uh, this song too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Like Half Life, it starts off with like this. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that drum in the beginning, honestly. It sticks out because it doesn't sound like anything. It doesn't sound like something you'd expect from them, right? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Jesus Jones or like EMS. Right. (laughs) That's true. It doesn't sound. But I also feel like it sounds like Ned's Atomic Dustbin, too. And I think like the Ned's, I don't know if you you like Ned's Atomic Dustbin. I do. A bunch of of those beats kind of... And even guitar tones kind of work their way into this album too, I find. Oh, okay. Like, I, I see a lot of similarities between Godfather and like this one, oh, like in a couple okay. of instances. Um, but, you know, Ned's is a lot sweeter with the attack, and this right. band is more, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, you really have to reach the sweet uh, to describe it, except for his, except for Rob's voice, really, because that's definitely his voice. Um, yeah. All right. So the 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 last song to me is the most straight ahead song of the record, but it's a really good album mm. closer, I think, because it's yeah. real melodic and catchy. And like like you were saying before, it kind of gives you a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel feel, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think so. It feels like a very feel good song. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind that. of uh, playful. Yeah. Mary sticks her tongues out. It's like, all right, well, let's listen to it. We'll talk about it. Let's listen yeah. to yeah, yeah. Show Me Mary. I feel like anywhere else on the album, it would have felt really out of place. But as a as a final song in the album, it's really cool. I think. Yeah, um, I think so. But like I said, I think the album goes from of like sort of pain and suffering to maybe a possible way out. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. I guess. And there's definitely like the spiritual undertones of this album. You know, like is it is he talking about the Virgin Mary? Is he talking about like a friend of his named Mary? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, very spiritual. Um, but he, he kind of touches on that in earlier parts of it. But this one definitely seems like it's almost like a rom-com for them or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's great. It, it's cool. It, it, it's a nice little closer because, yeah, it's, sometimes things could just be too heavy and too much. So uh, it's just sort of uh, this whole album. I feel like I, it just from beginning to end, it's just like a really good album. And it definitely listening to it again, it really brought me back to the 90s, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a sure. good way, though, not in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yeah. to SCP. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, really great record and a uh, great pick by you, and uh, uh, I'm glad you brought it. And um, so, Nate, so what? Uh, what if anyone wants to check out any of your stuff? What's the best place for people to find you? Um, just go to Instagram and go to Boys Giant. Uh, that's the best way to find my stuff and. You know, I've been super active reading, probably reading uh, poetry like two times a week. Yeah, um, that's great. I saw you did that thing in Miami and that was uh, it was really cool. Yeah, so I've been doing that uh, pretty well. And, you know, I, I just got in with some good people and I've been putting out a lot more zines, a uh, lot more reading of poetry. And it, it's been good. You know, I think the pandemic kind of hit everyone pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of yeah. hibernated for a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but hopefully we're, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the pandemic. 
and you know we're back. So I know. I think I gotta. Um, I gotta uh, get in touch with Chris. I want to start doing the live at Laser Wolves. I think you know it's just. I think soon, right? We could start doing it again soon. Maybe not yet, but soon. Soon, yeah. You should. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah. Just I just gotta get out and see other people. <laughs> yeah, it feels good. It feels really good. You know, like art can't work. I mean, with me, I feel like art can't work in the vortex. You know, like I could do some stuff, but right, right, right. I like talking to people about stuff. You yeah. know, or I like I like showing it, and I like other people to be like, "Oh, that's cool." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, this was cool. It was a it was a cool record, and it was cool having you on, and I appreciate it. And uh, don't forget, guys, also, uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's at That Record Got Me High. And also, that Facebook group got me high. It's a lot of fun. On Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. And most important, people, Patreon. Become a patron of the show if you want. If you enjoy it and you want to help support it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Uh, I would really appreciate it. But also, uh, whatever you listen to, subscribe and then share it with people. And if you want to write a review of it, a nice review, uh, that always helps. I don't know. People say it helps. I don't even know if it helps. But uh, do it. it. You know, it could help. Can't hurt. Right, Nate? Can't hurt. Can't hurt. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it was great having you on. Uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll see you guys next week. We are out of here. Cuts and holes.